Everybody goes through times in their lives where nothing seems to be going right. But if you keep looking for opportunities, there's always brighter days ahead. My guest this week is proof. This is the greatest story ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person who will one day have a very interesting tale to tell is Noah Schloss from Brooklyn, New York. Noah's only four years old, so he might actually be the youngest newsworthy person I've mentioned to kick off this podcast. See, Noah is a big SpongeBob SquarePants fan. I mean, who isn't really? And somehow managed to purchase nearly $3,000 worth of non-refundable SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles on Amazon. Amazon being the soulless mega corporation that it is, they aren't yielding on the whole non-refundable thing. However, an understanding Good Samaritan has set up a GoFundMe page Monday to help cover the cost of the popsicles. So the moral of the story is if your kids can access your devices, it's basically playing Russian roulette. They will buy thousands of dollars of something. It's just a question of when and what it'll be. Hopefully it'll be something funny and not completely embarrassing. Of course, you'd already know about Noah's story if you'd stopped by my website, keithconradmedia.com, and signed up for my free email newsletter, The News Side Quest. Each weekday, you'll get a smattering of stories just like Noah's to entertain you, inform you, and melt your heart like a Amazon popsicle. My guest this week is Trey Elling. Trey is the host of Books on Pod, available wherever you get your podcasts. The latest episode is with Oliver Stone. Trey, thanks so much for joining me. Keith, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. It was, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we've been in touch, having worked together at WGN Radio many years ago. But I'm happy to be on your show. And uh, you know, I think we've all anybody who's actually worked in radio, uh, we've all run into uh, situations that were less than spectacular. You know, for me, one of them was actually at WGN, but we won't get into that right now. You actually ran into your own uh, situation that that really sort of changed the trajectory of of your life. Yeah, and boy, I'm kind of interested to hear what you have to say about your WGN radio days, because I have a mixed bag. It was positive in a lot of ways, and in other ways, it was a ridiculous experience that sadly has been very befitting of this business throughout the course of my 20 plus years. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, my uh, my experience does involve radio in a sense, but it really uh, has much more to do with the big picture of life and just decisions that we have to make and crossroads that we find ourselves at and trying to make that right decision. So uh, this would have been a little bit more than 10 years ago. I would have just moved to Chicago from Oregon to go from one radio job to the next, the new job was serving as the executive producer for a guy named Kevin Trudeau in his national radio show. Kevin Trudeau, for those who recognize the name but aren't quite placing the face, was the author of the book Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About and several other books along those lines. And to be perfectly blunt about it, he was a huckster. There were certain things that he would talk about that I agreed with, not necessarily trying to lean on the pharmaceutical companies nearly as much, trying to find you know, dietary ways and lifestyle decisions, lifestyle choices to help you out of uh, certain health problems. But overall, he was a fraud and he has served, if not is still ch- serving jail time for uh, some of what he was peddling on people. But I end up going there and taking this job and unfortunately, it was not a very good fit. 
And so after a month, I ended up getting let go by the company. But in that month, I had really grown to love the city of Chicago. It was a city that, unlike the job, felt like a perfect fit for me. Now, keep in mind, I was a guy in my early 30s who had just come from an area in Oregon that anybody in their mid-20s even had some combination of kids from teenage pregnancies, close family members with meth problems, some combination of the two or something completely different that was uh, just a whole nother aspect to have to consider when getting into a relationship. So coming to a Chicago, which is one of the best single cities on the planet, uh, I was just having a blast, loved what the city had to offer, going to the beaches, restaurants, the bar scene, everything else. And I had actually met a girl that I had really liked at the time. Mm -hmm. And so after I get fired, I had already paid my month's rent for June, I think it was. So I had another month to try and figure it out to see if there was something that I could do to keep me in Chicago. And as the days and weeks continued ticking away, there wasn't that obvious solution. And the backup plan for me, Keith, was to move back to Austin, which is where I had moved to Oregon from initially, to continue school at the University of Texas, do something on the weekends with a radio station through connections I had here in town because I got my start here in Austin radio-wise, and then just try and figure it out from there. Well, literally a week before I was supposed to move back to Austin, I was at a bar that is no longer around called Bar de Ville on Damon and Huron. One of my favorite bars in the city. It was a shame that it went away. Actually, the bar that I met my now wife at uh, when oh. we were just dating. She was actually the woman that I, uh, that I met that I was really fond of. And so uh, I meet this guy playing pool at Bar de Ville, and I find out that he's one of the main managers at a Whole Foods in Lincoln Park. And so I was talking to him about my situation. He's like, well, if you need something to kind of mind the gap, like Whole Foods is a good company. We start people at a decent wage and there are plenty of opportunities to move up and make more money and gain more responsibility. And you strike me as the sort of guy who might be able to take advantage of this. And I thanked him and I got his information. I said, well, hopefully we can be in touch. And I was split because for me, Keith, I wasn't totally sure whether I wanted to shift away from radio. Radio was in my blood, much like it is yours. And it's something that I'll probably be doing in some form or fashion for the rest of my life. Even if it's in the podcasting realm, that still counts as radio for me. So we get to the end of that week. I literally pack my car up. I only owned as much as would fit in my 2009 Honda Pilot at the time. Pack <laughs> my car up. It's packed to the gills. And one of my buddies from Chicago or in Chicago, I should say, that I actually knew from Austin many years ago was going to make the drive down with me. And then I had offered to uh, to get him a bus fare back to Chicago. Lucky guy, I know. Uh, so we end up uh, getting in the car and starting the drive. And I hadn't called this guy from Whole Foods back yet to really double check on the opportunity. And as we are heading down, I think it was 55 that we're leaving Chicago from. We were getting to the true outskirts of Chicagoland. Mm -hmm. to that last suburb to where it starts becoming much more countryside. And we had left early in the morning to try and make good headway to make it all the way to Dallas from Chicago in one day. And so we had left so early that my buddy was going back to sleep in shotgun and he was fast asleep by the time we were leaving the Chicagoland limits. 
And as we were doing so, I was just looking around and I just had this well of emotion because of how much I had come to care for that city and some of the people that I had met in that city at that time. And while I, my plan in that moment was still to move back to Texas to continue school, to dabble in radio on the, on the side, I just broke down and bawled like a baby. And I cried for probably a good five to 10 minutes. And it was in that moment, that epiphanous moment, that I realized that leaving Chicago was the wrong decision. So on that trip, I gave John from Whole Foods a call, made sure that that offer was still on the table. He said, absolutely it is. You come in when you get done with the wedding and your visiting family, come back, fill out the application, we'll get going. And so once that opportunity was on the table, I'd made the decision. And I had actually planned to meet my mom and uh, a good friend and one of my brothers at this restaurant for a late night dinner when we got into Dallas that night. And I hadn't told any of them the plan just yet. And so we get out of the car. My family's already there. Get out to give my mom a hug. And I give her a hug. And I said, I decided at the start of this trip that my trip back to Texas is temporary. I'm going to be moving back to Chicago to figure it out. And so fortunately, my old roommates allowed me to crash on a couch for a couple of weeks until I could find somebody on Craigslist that had an extra room, found a really good living situation, ended up working for Whole Foods for a year and a half, ended up. So the girl and I, my now wife, we had actually broken up. Um, and that was kind of that and ultimately convinced her to give me another opportunity about a year and a half later, literally right when I got back into radio. And, uh, so it all ultimately worked out the years that I spent in Chicago, which is a little bit more than, than six, uh, are some of the most cherished years of my life. I truly consider those years, the, the era where I grew into an adult and I now have a radio career, a wife and two kids. And a really good life in Austin to thank for making the right decision in that epiphanous moment. Wow, that's amazing how it all, you know, basically came together for you, not just, uh, you know, from a, a radio perspective, but also, you know, in your in your personal life. Because, you know, obviously, if you had gone to, to Texas permanently, you wouldn't have uh, ended up uh, with your with your wife. So like everything just sort of like clicked into place because of that moment. Yeah, that's right. It did. And it's not like it was easy sledding from there. I mean, I literally started out in the front end at Whole Foods and uh, there haven't been many more sobering moments in my existence than having to gather shopping carts from the outside parking lot in the dead of the Chicago winter during a major blizzard. That's one of those times where I'm like this at some point, this is all going to be worth it. But right now it really sucks. And ultimately it was, and it's funny, you know, the, the radio calling, I guess I'll say was evident because it resurfaced as soon as I decided, well, if radio is not going to work out for me anymore, then I need to figure out some other Avenue to be able to, to channel this creativity. So I'd actually signed up for a, creative writing class at Second City. And literally two weeks into that class, I'd gotten a call from uh, our former boss, Alex Quigley, to see if I might be able to help intern for two shows on the radio at that time, WGN Sports Night, then also Extension 720 with Milt Rosenberg. And both of those, but especially Milt Show, uh, was a, an enormous learning experience for some of the skills that I'm still utilizing to this day, specifically on my podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's amazing how I, I think like if you stick with it um, and not just, you know, from the perspective of like sticking with radio, but uh, understand that no matter how bad things may be in a given moment, that that's eventually that's going to be something you're joking about in the past. Um, you know, cause, cause we mentioned at the beginning of this, that I had my own, you know, experience at, at WGN and what had happened there is I was bugging the same person, uh, Alex Quigley for literally about three, three and a half years to try to get into WGN because that's where I always wanted to be. And when it turned out there was a job, it was producing, um, basically a brand new show. Uh, with a a person who ultimately completely threw me under the bus after I helped them get the job. What was the show? Uh, it was well, I'll, I'll just say it. It was Patty Vasquez on WGN. Ah, and um, you know, I had I had helped her get the show, and then she she wanted to work with somebody else, or it actually see she actually did the same thing to her next two producers after me. So it seems like it was just kind of that that's sort of the person she is, but she threw me under the bus and, and ultimately because of that, I was moved to a a different job at the radio station that, you know, was very quickly eliminated in uh, at, you know, the same time you were. And after that, I went to WLS to work with a host that I'd previously worked with. And that job ended up having its own problems and uh, ultimately, it led me back to this job, which is not the job that I would want to be doing. You know, I'll 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 say that for all the internet to hear. You know, <laughs> which probably isn't the great idea, but it, it's um, you know, it, it, it's not exactly the the dream job that I would want to be doing. But through this job, I ended up meeting my wife, and excellent. It, and it's put me on a path where now I know what I want to do next in, in life. So no matter what ends up happening, no matter how dark things may seem in the moment, you know, it, eventually that's going to pass and, and you never know what's going to come out on the other side. So what does your dream job look like then, Keith? Uh, writing books and, and, uh, and podcasting and, you know, I, I think that because of very unique things involved with this job and my experience in radio, that I'm actually going to be able to do things like that, that I, I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't had all of that experience. No, it's true. I mean, there, you know, the podcasting realm is one that is just exploding right now. And there are a lot of people getting into it that are first timers and just keeping my eyes open for jobs or having done so for the last few years, because you never know. You never know what something could come to an end very abruptly, as you and I found out with WGN and 87.7 The Game, the radio station with a 18 month and five year plan that turned out it didn't have much more than 10 months to it. Yeah. Uh, you just never know. And so keeping an eye open on certain things like there are coveted positions right now in the podcasting realm that I'm guessing a lot of novices and a lot of people with maybe some college radio experience are going out for. And inevitably, with any new position like that, you're going to take your lumps. But there are a lot more people like you and I whose eyes may be opening to 
the doors that are closing in radio opening more so in the podcasting realm. And at that point, it becomes about finding the right fit. And I'm still fortunate right now, even though I do the podcast as well, and it truly is my passion project. Like I'm with a one of the last remaining mom and pop companies that tries really hard to run a proper business mm-hmm. in this radio game amongst the Titans, the iHearts and the intercoms of the world. Uh, so they're trying hard, but it is a very uphill battle, especially with the craziness of COVID from these last 13 months. Yeah. So I think the big life lesson from from your story and even, you know, the, the little bit of mine is, you know, you're no matter what you're doing, if you're if you're trying to accomplish something, you're going to take some lumps along the way and sort of embrace that and learn what you can from it. And it'll help you in the long run. Yes. The most successful people fail. The most successful people usually fail a lot more than the rest of us do. And the key is not the failure. The key is the lessons that you can extract from those moments to learn how to handle them differently in the future, and then also just apply them to your general life too. And it's also a matter of exiting your comfort zone to uh, to really force your mind to focus on those new things. I mean, that's healthy for... That's healthy for the moment. And that's healthy for just uh, our overall evolution as humans. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Trey. My pleasure, Keith. Anytime. If you think you can top Trey's story, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Gabatron.